0: Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80.
1: Put my name up in the night.
2: Congratulations to the University of Connecticut! They are national champions. After beating San Diego State University last night, they complete a tournament. There was absolute dominance. And interestingly enough, according to Vegas, they are currently tied with UCLA with the best odds to win the national championship next year. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Obviously, all eyes were on that. We should also note for anyone that didn't see the all eyes number, 9.9 million people watched the women's college final Sunday. Absolutely incredible number. The best number ever for a women's college basketball game. A better number than several staggering things. So uh, congratulations to the women's uh, tournament. We felt it yesterday on this show. We love talking about it. Love talking about the game and the controversy around it, but also cool to see the numbers uh, backing it up. We've asked you guys to chime in, 888 Say 8 ESPN 888 729 3776. Who are you the most scared of in the West? And we had that conversation about the Warriors, Lakers, and Suns, particularly. I know some of you guys want to chime in. We'll let you. Chris in Atlanta. When you call from Atlanta, I mean, Harry being in Atlanta, you call from Atlanta, uh, you're going to get through. So, Chris, what do you got, man? Next call on the show.
1: Hey, well, I'm sitting there here thinking about it, and I'm like, the Suns right now, first round, yes, the Suns definitely need it. The later they be, you might not have Chris Paul. And also, you got to think about acclimating Andrew Wiggins back into that lineup. Because, you know, Steve Kerr is very good at lineups. And him coming back, you got to see where he's at if you're thinking about that 17.1 a game that he averages. But I think right now, if it it had to start tomorrow, I'd go with the Suns because KD's a walking bucket. And you can't deny him. And Chris Paul is fresh because he's been load managing. So... That's all I got for you guys. I think finish now, but if it goes to another round, you might not have Chris Paul again.
2: I mean, I don't know how we factor in Harry the the Chris Paul portion of our or injury yeah. in general, uh, load management in general. But it is a good point that you made also that Chris echoed that you know Wiggins is going to have to get a little reacclimated in this as they yeah. continue their run. They yep. could get more dangerous.
1: Yeah, and I, I would say this. As far as injury concerns, when I look at the Suns, it's not just Chris Paul to me, though. It's also Kevin Durant. It's also Devin Booker. All three of those guys are going to have to be healthy in order for the Suns to be in a position where they feel like they want to be when they made the trade for Kevin Durant. They can't have any uh, any of the typhoons come up because you lose one of those guys, you're losing so much production, and you don't have a deep bench. Now, I don't think the bench is going to be – you know, a dark cloud that's hanging over their head when all four guys are healthy. But if you lose one guy, that's when your bench is going to be exposed that much more. If you have all four of them, I think you're solid. I think you're good because you can leave two homo- two of them on the court at the same time versus, you know, losing a lot of production when somebody goes to the bench. So uh, that's how I feel about the Suns. Health is the number one concern for me uh, because of what we've seen in the past from Chris Paul when it came to playoff basketball. Also, the recent Injuries that Kevin Durant has endured and also what we've seen from Devin Booker in his injury history in the past as well.
2: I think this leads to why I feel like there is some level of pressure on the Suns. Not pressure to change anybody's mind about anything. But pressure because you got to know at some point when you're in that moment when the when the door's open for you right like uh, the window's been cracked you have a real shot. The West is so wildly unpredictable this year. You've got all these guys coming together, and when they've been healthy, they've played so well. I feel like that is part of the pressure for Phoenix is just to take advantage of the moment because the moment is there for you. You know what I mean? Like yeah, not not because we're going to talk about them differently necessarily, but because the guys in that locker room got to look around and be like, man, this is a real. We have a real shot. And winning it all this year, we need to take advantage of it. Well,
1: here's the thing, right? When you look at the Western Conference and you look at all the teams, everyone has faced something this season, whether it was injury, someone being out, before other things, adversity. Everyone in the Western Conference, uh, they've been through something, and it's not just the Phoenix Suns who, who who went through it. It's it's everyone, top to bottom. I would say the Denver Nuggets, but then you got Nikola Jokic that's out right now at the moment. So, I think. When it comes to playoff basketball, I think health plays a lot of part a part in all of this. And if you're able to win it, because on paper it can it doesn't mean anything on paper if you can't stay consistently healthy and guys are available to play out there and give you an opportunity to win.
2: That's part of why I look across the board of the West, too. To your point, everybody's gone through something. Everybody also has something to prove. You know, Denver has to prove that they can actually win a championship with what could end up being the three-time consecutive MVP, as wild as that is. Memphis has become this polarizing team that needs to show the world that, you know, frankly they're, they're capable of winning it all, and also there's extra eyeballs and pressure that come with some of the things that have happened with them off the court. We talked about Phoenix's pressure. We all know the Lakers' pressure. Dallas is under pressure if they can even get anything right and make themselves worthwhile in the conversation to make it work. Like, it feels like there is a. A glaring question mark around each of these teams in the West that simply needs to be answered. That's what's going to make, I think, the 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 playoffs so wildly interesting. Is that every round presents a storyline that's got some level of urgency in it because each of these teams this year, right now, it's like you can't wait till next year anymore. If you're Denver, you can't wait till next year. If you're Memphis, you got to get it done. You got to figure out how to get it done this season, this postseason. Yeah, you you
1: wait till next year. Next thing you know, you may have what top three or four teams. That are very very solid and your chances may be decreased so you got to take advantage of the situation you look at the Dallas Mavericks last year right the Dallas Mavericks took advantage of the situation we're able to get to the Western Conference final you look at a year like right now and the Dallas Mavericks are in the 11th seed right not a guarantee that they're even going to make the play-in situation so each individual year has to be looked at um, like that way you can't look ahead you can't look back you got to focus on the now and right now it's up in the air for anybody to do what they're to actually make the championship in my eyes. Tri- coming out of the Western Conference,
2: yeah, a hundred percent. I'm not sure it's up for any of them to win it. I'm still really, really hot on, on Milwaukee, but I think it, it's yeah. everybody from the West can get there. Uh, let's go to Steve in Connecticut. Want to chime in? We love it when you guys call in. Triple eight, say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Steve, what do you got for us? All right, I want to go uh, – Harry said that championships, all of that matter. By that standard, that he saying Emmett Smith's a better running back than Barry Sanders? No way.
1: I That's right? ch- ch- okay. another championship one. Cha- championships isn't all what matters, first of all, but it is a part of your legacy. And if you want to be considered one of the all-time greats, a championship is going to help you in those regards. I mean that's what I'm saying so let me ask you a question do we play the game just to play the game because I damn sure didn't start playing sports at four years old just to play the game championships are always what you're chasing sure it's always what you're chasing always what you're chasing and championships
2: yes they matter there was never a conversation like nobody ever implied the championships weren't what athletes are trying to accomplish I'm just saying I'll I'll stack on Steve's point like Barry, Barry Sanders Bo Jackson like these are these are running backs that had epic careers like so because Barry Sanders never won a Super Bowl doesn't mean he's not one of if not the best of all time. What I not want to I did not say, I I, say that. I, I, but
1: but but a championship on Barry Sanders resume you telling me it, it wouldn't, wouldn't change mean much? No, he'd still be w- seen as
2: one of the best of all time. Like, when I think Walter oh. Payton, I don't just think, you know, won one Super Bowl. I think Walter Payton, the body of work. Like, when I think Barry Sanders, I don't think about the fact that the Lions were incompetent. When I think Calvin Johnson, I don't think about the fact that the Lions weren't competent. I think about the fact that these are individual players that went out, played how, their asses about off about like some of survey. the best of how, all
1: time. How about we ask every athlete that's ever played the game? what they play the game for. Well,
2: of course, but that's not the question that's That's not the question. that's not the question? Championships matter. Legacy.
1: Why uh, do people play? And
2: championships are a great part of your legacy. No, championship, you play because you gave your whole MJ life- hitting,
1: a, hitting a game winner in a championship game. That's a part of his legacy.
2: Y- you play for championships. I've never disputed that. Yes. That has nothing to do with legacy to me. But you said championships don't matter. Uh, championships don't matter to legacy. They matter to why you play the game. Why do you... Why championships do you re- are a part of your legacy. Uh, they can be a they can be a part of your legacy, but they're not going to hold. I'm not going to hold somebody's legacy back because they don't have one. I mean, is that it? I never said I was either. So, like that, that's a part. Like championships can be a part of the conversation for why certain players. But we players up are here great. acting
1: like championships don't matter great players and it's not a part of great players legacy it,
2: it's it is not the defining thing in any of these legacies to me no like I, I i will always take individual greatness is individual greatness like calvin johnson's not any less of a player because the lions were terrible like that's not on him uh, barry sanders not any less of a player because the lions yeah, were terrible and, and i never said that so i never it, said that but championships add to your legacy nah, championships
1: add to your legacy championships and to say they don't That I think that's the craziest thing in the world.
2: No, they they don't. Uh, One quarterback is in a potential free fall leading up to the draft. Now, he may not even be part of the big four. Pretty stunning. We'll tell you who it is and who might be picked ahead of him next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
0: 2023 NFL Draft.
2: So, you ready for the draft? Let's get started.
0: Live from downtown Kansas City, Missouri. The
2: NFL Draft is officially
0: open. It all begins with Round One, Thursday, April 27th on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and on ABC. With the first pick.
2: That's right, we're only weeks away from the NFL Draft. You'll be able to hear every single pick on ESPN Radio. Obviously, watch it across the ESPN Networks, NFL Network. You can also hang out with Harry and I on all of our digital platforms where where we will be hosting the first couple of days of the draft as well. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app series, XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, to get us ready for the draft. Somebody that's uh, anxious, I'm sure, to have his name called in just a few weeks. Quentin Johnston, former TCU wide receiver superstar, joins us right now. Quentin, really appreciate the time, man. Uh, How's the draft process been for you so far?
0: Man, it's been fun. You know, it's been uh, you know, no, obviously a process, but you know, I've just been you know, taking it day by day, you know, enjoying every bit of it.
1: Quentin, when you get to this point where you're preparing for the NFL draft. What are some of the things that you're doing to separate yourself from the other wide receivers that might be drafted mm-hmm. as well?
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Uh really 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 just details. I feel like uh uh me, uh myself and you know, everybody else in the draft uh, has a has a certain level of talent now we're now we meeting, you know, uh, you know, a bunch of other guys with, with, with that level plus some. so uh really just uh work uh working honing in on the details, um and just um, you know, uh, all of a sudden uh getting your getting your mind transitioned from college to to, you know the NFL level.
2: It's it's amazing because TCU had such an incredible year last year, and it felt like the entire country was paying attention to y'all every every week. Have you had the chance to really let last year soak in at this point?
0: Um, honestly, honestly, a little bit, but not really, because I mean, like we did, we did get a late start with with the with the whole um, draft process, combine process because of that because of that late uh, late uh, game in the season. So uh, yeah, I kind of I kind of had a you know a quick turnaround with with uh, you know training for the 40 training to uh, do meetings with teams and stuff so but uh i'm I'm pretty sure uh, you know here in a few weeks with my name so I can just sit back for a little second and take everything in
1: if an NFL team wants to draft you in which they are tell them what they're getting in a wide receiver mm-hmm. prospect like yourself
0: yeah oh for sure uh well well first and foremost they're going to get a sponge uh somebody some somebody that wants to come in and, and, and soak up as much information as you can and, and you know apply it. Uh, to the field, make make my game from from college translate just like it did in college two to the next level. But um, yeah, they're gonna get you know a big receiver, fast receiver that that's, that's good at the top of routes. Um, uh, you know, at his releases that can create real separation, and then uh, also a guy that, that that that's gonna make the first two people miss uh, at least. Um, uh, you know, uh, after the catch, you know I'm very good at my yards after the catch. So uh, yes, that's what they're gonna be getting.
1: Yeah, I want to touch on that a little bit. You know, receiver, receiver here, man. For a big guy, a guy that's six four, two hundred and fifteen pounds, I think you do a a decent job of sinking your hips and you know having your chin over your toes and getting out in and out of breaks. What do you contribute those attributes towards?
0: Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, really, really just, really just details, like I said. But I feel like uh, I feel like the other sports I played. Uh, uh, you know, coming up until college kind of kinda of, kinda of plays a big part in that uh I ran track and then I played basketball as a post so uh different different movements and different um different things in those other sports kind of kinda of carried over uh, uh to my game of football.
2: So part of this process too has been meeting with different teams. How's that process going for you? Have you have you had any like really wildly fun meetings yet?
0: Uh uh not 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 in particular. Um uh, I just I just started uh my my thirty business with teams. Uh got the Cowboys today had the um, had the Chiefs uh, yesterday, so uh, yeah, really just, really just like I said before, just taking everything in, and uh, 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 you know, having a good time meeting with the coaches, and you know, taking, um, you know, taking everything in because you know, uh, not 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 a lot of people get this opportunity.
1: Quinn, I think one of the biggest adjustments from the college level uh, for any position, uh, offensively, is is coverages, right? When you, you talk about mm-hmm. the skill position uh, players. Deciphering and understanding coverages and blitzes and what the defense is doing. What are some of the things that you're doing, or are you watching film and learning more coverages on what to do when you got to adjust routes or whatnot in mm-hmm. your in your draft uh, training?
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Just uh, uh, you know, just like you said, a lot of um, a lot of film study, and then um, uh, often often times I find myself going back to to my college uh, position coach, Coach Malcolm Kelly, because you know he played at OU and then uh, been to the league, so uh, he. He, he's really somebody that's 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 helped me a lot, uh, you know, through this transition.
2: Harry's got his you know, hands up in the air. Go it,
1: ahead. It's funny because he he just mentioned Malcolm Kelly. We were the same draft class in 2008. Look at look at okay, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a same, same draft same class. Player.
2: Yep. Uh, see, Harry's here to ask the important football questions. I'm here to ask the questions that everybody else wants to know. Which is really when you go out to these team dinners and you're hanging out with everybody and you're getting to know different organizations. This has been my raging debate for two weeks. Do you order like big off the menu when you're sitting there with an organization, or do you order light? Like, what's the order approach to the menu? Like, do you go for the most expensive thing, the, the the cheapest thing. I don't know how to handle this, Quentin.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. So uh initially, you know, my first my first few business, I'm gonna be like uh, I was like, nah, I'm, I'm gonna just get, you know, some chicken fingers or something. And then, you know, like the coaches kinda look at me like I'm crazy, like like, nah, you know, get whatever you want. So I mean so after they say that is I'm like, okay, they gave me the you know green lights I'm the, the the biggest, highest thing off the menu.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and rightfully <laughs> so. Don't don't yeah. don't try to, you know, Keep their pockets strong. There's no reason to yeah. do that. They taking you <laughs> yeah, out to nah, dinner. Yes, you sir. eat as much as
0: possible. What about oh, yeah, yoga? Do, sure do, do you do
1: a lot of you do a lot of yoga?
0: Uh yes, sir. Uh, so uh, actually, actually, I just I just started. So like after the season, uh, started started doing more like high yoga, which 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 kind of doing that at first was was, was different. Obviously a little a little hard. I felt like I was gonna pass out the first time. But uh yeah, uh, now that I've been doing it for a minute, it's been you know no cool.
1: So, yeah, I'm going to I'm tell you to stick with that, man. I, I thought I st- I didn't start doing yoga until like year six, five or six in my career. And it was mm-hmm. the biggest difference uh, later in my career. And I wish I had done it all the way, uh, telling all the way back to college. I think it, it could be very beneficial, especially for a taller guy like yourself, too. I think mm-hmm. it could be very beneficial. And you will probably sweat more in yoga than you will on a football
0: field. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yes, sir.
2: So, what's your plan for draft night? Walk me how you're gonna watch it. Like, who's gonna be with you? What you're gonna do?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm in there. Uh, I'm gonna be. I'm, uh, I'm gonna be right there in Kansas City. I got a. Uh, I got a cream suit with with kind of kind of burgundy inside, burgundy shoes. Uh, so yeah, uh, this is a. Uh, like I said before, this is a once in a lifetime chance. Like, uh, it's not it's it's not too many people that uh, actually get the opportunity to go to the draft, let alone be there. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna be there uh, with my uh, friends and family, immediate uh, friends friends and family.
2: Oh, man, Quentin, it's really incredible to get to talk to you. We're both big fans of what you did at TCU. Can't wait to see what you do in the league, man. Thanks for the time. Have Enjoy every second of it. I hope Kansas City is exactly what you want it to be and that you end up exactly where you want to go, bro.
0: Yes, sir, I appreciate you guys.
2: That's Quentin Johnston, uh, TCU wide receiver, and look, one of the not, not only one of the biggest wide receivers in this draft class, Harry, but uh, a cough Award finalist. Somebody that absolutely the number of times he was double, triple covered didn't matter. You want to talk about a guy that can get up and high point of football? Like every fan that's listening to the draft on ESPN Radio or watching us on digital uh, should keep an eye out for this kid. Like he just he feels like a, a, a an easy pick to be a star.
1: I'll tell you, Fitz, and he's not just a jump ball receiver. That's what's phenomenal about him. You look at that Michigan game in the college football semifinals, right? He took a shallow route to the house at a very pivotal moment in that ball game. So not only does he sink his hips at the top of routes, he also has the speed to take it the distance. On shorter routes, such as a five or six yard shallow coming across the field, it could run away from coverage.
2: All right, so that's just getting the tip of the iceberg on the draft coverage we have to give you. Again, you can listen to every pick on ESPN Radio. Candy, Carlin, and the rest of the guys are going to do a great job live from Kansas City. You don't want to miss it. You can watch every pick on ESPN, of course. And if you're watching on a side screen on any of your digital platforms, Harry and I will be there on YouTube, Facebook, ESPN app, all of those places uh, with our crew as well. So no matter where the draft is, ESPN's got you covered. Speaking of the draft, one expert says the best quarterback in this year's draft might not even be a first round pick. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
0: Is it a good take? That's good. Great. Right. Or a hot take. How hot, red hot. Find out now with Fitz and Harry.
2: Okay, Shaggy definitely like. I mean, some of Shaggy's catalog helped me become a man. <laughs> Fitz and Harry on the ESPN radio, the ESPN app series sex channel lady. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. You know what time it is? It's time to take some of the best takes and the worst takes from across the landscape of our peers and decide if it's a good take or a hot take. Uh Uh-oh. We ready for this, Harry? Let's do it, bro. Okay, I don't know what we're doing. What was that move you were doing again? If you're watching this in the ESPN app, Harry's showing off like the shoulder shimmy. And I'm just trying to figure out why, like, when he does it, it's supposedly (laughs) cool. And when I do it, it looks like, you know, I look like a... Oh, man. Stick we, for we your are, puppet. Gonna you, listen,
1: we're going to get you right. We're okay. going to get you right. Trust me. You know, my my hips right.
2: been... Like, I've been working on these bendy hips. Uh-oh. been working Uh-oh. on these bendy hips. All right. Uh, it's a, that's a, <laughs> see, it's a good take that my hip's bendier than ever. So, uh, whoop. Okay. It's a hot take that I decided to tell America that. I apologize to everybody. All right, let's do some good take, hot take. Oh, and we... <laughs> We'll start with Jim Calhoun, three-time national champion head coach, uh, somebody that we talked to, obviously, on this show, but he was on Keyshawn J. Will and Max, and he talked about NCAA tournament expansion when he said this.
0: I have great fear of take away the regular season. I think if you get where I can be a 500 team,
2: they are close to or a little above it, and get in, I think that's wrong. I, I like having the, the, the,
0: the Cinderella's, and as long as they don't beat you, like George Mason beat us. I love I, that doesn't happen.
2: You know, I No, I, I mean, and honestly, I just think it's best for the game. I don't think it's automatic you should get in the NCAA tournament. I think it's an earned responsibility, and when you make it, it you got to make it special. So I'm not one of those who's worried about just making more money. I would love to see us stay where we are. What do you think, Harry? Good take or hot take?
1: No, I think that's a good take, right? Uh, I love the fact that you got to win your conference tournament or be in a position to where the regular season actually mattered and you deserve to get that invite to the NCAA tournament. So I'm with Coach Calhoun. I don't think people should just be – you know, in the NCAA tournament just because. Like, that's that you have to earn that right. You have to fight throughout the season. Also, when tournament time, conference tournament time comes, if you're able to win your tournament, let's just say you didn't have a great regular season, but you're able to win your tournament, well, you earned the right to go because you won your conference tournament. So... I, I agree with everything Coach is saying here.
2: Yeah, I agree too. I think it's a really good take, and frankly, you know, just because we've seen the unprecedented sixteen over a one, and we've seen fifteen over two, how many times of late? It doesn't yeah. mean that we want to put more situations in front of all of us that could lead to bad basketball games. And uh, I think there's something that we will to watch, right? You're, you're 100% right. I think there's something special about the tournament the way it is right now, and expansion could allow bad teams to get in. All right, next up on Good Take, Hot Take. Usually it's our peers with this one, but there was a sports take uh, here that came from uh, Jill Biden, the first lady. Uh, she said she would like uh, – this is a quote uh, when it comes to the women's championship in the tournament. Uh, she said, I know we have the champions come to the White House. We always do. So we hope LSU will come. But, you know, I'm going to tell Joe I think Iowa should come too because they played such a good game. Is inviting the loser of the national championship game, is that a good take or a hot take there, Harry?
1: It's hotter than damn fish grease. (laughs) I I, I don't know, like, in the history of winning championships, have this ever happened? LSU won the national championship. They deserve to go to the White House. Not Iowa because they put on a great performance in which they lost big to LSU. I I, I don't understand anything about this, nor do I support it. Don't take away from LSU and what they were able to accomplish by thinking about or even putting out in the atmosphere that you want to invite Iowa's basketball team because they show good sportsmanship.
2: Yeah, ah, please. Uh, by the way, President Biden this morning tweeted that he looks forward to welcoming women's NCAA champs LSU to the White House. There was no mention of Iowa, so probably business as usual. I will say this: yeah, you see, he had to step in there. Yeah, I mean, he had
1: to step in there. Listen, honey, now that's enough. I,
2: I have been very lucky in my life to uh, to play for presidents. I think four four or five times I've been to the White House. Uh, different presidents, uh, different uh, different political parties. I've I've been very lucky to go multiple times. It is an incredible honor to go into. The the White House, like it just hits different. It's wild when you experience, it, and I want everybody to get to experience it. That being said, it's a hot take to let the runner-up go into it. We can't, we can't open this door. Like the, the Super Bowl no. loser doesn't get a chance to go to no. the. like just because caitlin Clark's super likable f- to some people, and just because no. she had an incredible season, doesn't mean that we have to turn around and invite likability. Doesn't get you well, into the White House championships up, too.
1: Nor can you disrespect LSU and what they were able to accomplish this season by inviting Iowa to the White House.
2: Oh, you, it would feel that way. You know, it would feel like the last time I checked, the uh, the loser in the NBA Finals is not suddenly going to wake up and find themselves there with the uh, with the White House invite. I, I I love the idea of wanting to make sure everybody gets to experience it, uh, but I don't like the idea at all of inviting the loser. So I think we both agree with that one. Let's go to the next one, and this. is is this is a whole crew. We got a whole crew to good take, hot take here because this right. happened on Get Up. And this involves, of course, Mike Greenberg. It involves Mike Tannenbaum. It involves Todd McShay. And the question is who the best quarterback in the draft is. What did you
1: just say to me in a break? I, when it's all said and done, I think he's going to be the best quarterback from this draft. What, what, what when, when Mike T says that, <laughs> uh, what do you think of that McShay? Well, Mike T is about to have two kids in college, so maybe he's taking some money from the Hooker family. Uh, to, to pay, <laughs> it, but, but, I mean, listen, I, I like Hendon it's Hooker so, so a lot. I've Bradley. moved him up into the first round despite, Mike the, on the, take. <laughs> despite <laughs> the injury.
2: It got spicy there, but Mike T's take is that Hendon Hooker is actually the best quarterback in this year's draft. Harry, that's got to be a hot take, right?
1: Uh, I said hottest fish grease earlier. Hotter than a hot damn tamale than a hot tamale. Uh, Hendon Hooker is not the best quarterback in this draft. In my eyes, it's Bryce Young. It's Bryce Young. I was able to watch Bryce Young in in person. I was able to watch Bryce Young's film, and he is polished as they come. So I'm going with Bryce Young in those regards, and that's a hot take.
2: I mean, I think that Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, both deserve some consideration for that. I agree with you. I would take Bryce first, but I understand both of them. Uh, if you wanted to try and convince me that Hendon Hooker was the third best quarterback in this draft, I'd buy that. But if you want to convince me he's the best, no, that's that's a wildly that that's hotter than a, a July he's afternoon in Vegas. Money
1: like from the Hooker family, I that mean, was
2: a classic line. That is, uh, Mike Mike T has seen something he's fallen in love with, and I think some of the questions around Hinton hooker are kind of dumb i think hannon hooker is going to end up going uh, late in the first round honestly i think somebody will trade up to get that extra year of his contract so that all makes sense to me but to think that he's the best quarterback and i mean now we're just well willy-nilly out here with the takes uh speaking of takes nobody does them better than first take did i mention that harry and i are going to be together on first take thursday debating well Stephen a smith first take said this about the 76ers
1: I believe that if the Sixers don't get it done this year, particularly if there's an early exit, even though I don't think he should be in trouble, I think Doc Rivers would be in trouble. Um, I think that you have to advance deep into the Eastern Conference playoff picture for him to be safe. I think that James Harden is not long for Philadelphia. Uh, We've heard mumblings about him going back to Houston. I'm being told he's given the organization indication that that's something that he would not mind. But I think that even though Embiid and Maxie would be there, and the fact is you're gonna have an ownership team that's going to look at this franchise and say, wait a minute, the process has been ongoing. What do we have to show for it? Not even a berth in the Eastern Conference Finals? That's unacceptable.
2: All right, what do you think? Last year, did they could possibly win the title? I agree with that because it's
1: not certain that James Harden is going to be back with his basketball team. Also, Tobias Harris only has one more year on his contract. Uh, Joel Embiid, you see how passionate he is playing the basketball game, but you also got to look at who else is in that conference you look at the Milwaukee Bucks and what they've been able to do over the last 5 years, you look at the Boston Celtics and I don't see them taking the the you know the pedal off the metal anytime soon as well, but you also look at Donovan Mitchell going to the Cleveland Cavaliers and what that team is going to be able to do in the next 2 or 3 years. So, I agree with Stephen Knight.
2: Yeah, I think it's actually a pretty good take and the East just gets tougher and tougher to find a path to a championship. By the way, Caitlin Clark was just on SportsCenter as part of the Outside the Line series with SportsCenter. Uh, she did address the White House conversation. She said she would want to go to the White House one day, but not like this. So, uh, Caitlin Clark even agrees that that's a hot take. Uh says don't a lot drink- about her, though. 100- says a lot about her, her demeanor, her mindset as, a, as an athlete. 100%. Protect your high-mileage vehicle with new SynTech high-mileage synthetic motor oil at O'Reilly Auto Parts, formulated to reduce friction and where to keep engines running better for longer. Try SynTech high-mileage today exclusively at O'Reilly Auto Parts. There's one take, so hot, that Greeny almost quit when he heard it today. You'll hear it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Brought to you by Bank of America. Fitz and Harry, the
1: podcast.
2: Sometimes the best chaos is unplanned chaos. Happens on this show all the time. But it happened this morning on Get Up, and it was can't miss with the takery. It's first—it's not first take. We're doing first take on Thursday. (laughs) Sweet baby Jesus. Uh, It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. What? (laughs) The ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Oh, my God. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, I'm going to try me. and save us now uh, somehow, some someway. Uh, so, you know, we're all just sitting around watching a little bit of Get Up this morning, and apparently something was suggested by Mike Tannenbaum during the commercial that Ryan Clark went to air and talked about coming back. Harry, I want you to hear this first, and then we'll get your thoughts on it before we figure out how Greeny reacted. This is Ryan Clark on getup talking about a concept of who the jets should draft at 13 overall this year
1: if they can trade back and do it it's actually not a bad idea and greedy I'm only saying that because even you don't want Zach Wilson to be a hit away from being your quarterback. Now, Mm -hmm. the problem is, where is Hendon Hooker going to be with this injury situation? He hurt that knee late in the season in Tennessee. But if Will Levis slips, if Anthony Richardson happens to be hanging around at number three, which I don't expect him to, it's actually not a bad
2: idea. So, RC likes the idea of the Jets drafting a quarterback. And they may have to trade down in the first round, but he likes this idea even with Aaron Rodgers. Harry, quickly, your thoughts?
1: No, I, um, I don't disagree. Now, personally, I feel like they need to draft an offensive lineman in that spot because they can use the offensive line to help, especially with two guys going down and getting hurt last season. Um, but when you look at the Aaron Rodgers situation, you're not, you're not going to have him for the long haul. Uh, you may only have him one year. You may only have him two years. If they 100% truly don't believe in Zach Wilson, that he can be that guy and learn behind Aaron Rodgers, then you have to at some point during this draft. Now, I'm not saying it has to be in the first round, but at some point you draft a quarterback to make sure you do have another young guy on this roster that you can potentially go to.
2: Uh, see, and I love that. That's a fair and reasonable thought. Now, I disagree a little bit. I I do think that they've gone into win-now mode, and so every draft pick they have is just going to be key for winning right now. Who can help them? I, I'm not sure they'll be able to get a quarterback they can really bank on. I'm not sure you want to bring somebody in where Aaron Rodgers has to mentor him. We know he's not typically interested in that. <laughs> and I'm not sure you want to bring in somebody that's not going to see the field when you've clearly gone all in on, on win-now mode. However, I think you and I can see the nuance of that, and we can have a reasonable, fair conversation. Understandably, because Greeny is the single greatest Jets fan in the history of mankind, he did not take the suggestion quite as, I don't know, uh, quite as lightly. This is his reaction to the thought that the Jets could draft a quarterback in the first round of the draft. Let me just respond to that with a question. Sure, you're going to have Aaron Rodgers, and you're going to draft a quarterback in the first round. What could go wrong? Oh, yeah, everything. This is the worst idea I've ever heard of my He's life. Are Aaron you Reed. out of your mind? <laughs> about I, I, I want this man expelled not only from this conversation, but from all
1: football conversations that are ever to come. Aaron Rodgers is going to lose his mind if the Jets draft Hendon Hooker, and you are in for this. You've made your bed. Sleep in it.
2: Aaron Rodgers is the essence of easily aggrieved. Oh, and I'm not, I, can't even, I can't even sit like this. <laughs> Are you, you want the Jets to take a quarterback in the first round now? We're just finally going to get Rodgers. You're going to piss him off before the whole thing even starts? <laughs> D. Wood, I, be mad. Per- the, he's going to be mad. He's going to be frustrated. This he's is not. a disaster. I'm going to fight <laughs> Damian no. Woody now. Uh, uh, all right, I'm putting hard cash on Woody in that fight. Like Damian Woody uh, versus Mike Greenberg in a fight, not not going to be much of a Greenie. Uh, no offense, buddy, oh, Woody, no. but Woody's hands are bigger than my head, which is an actual example. He held them up once, and like he could palm my face. So I feel like Woody versus Greenie wouldn't be much of a battle. Uh, but I I understand Greenie's passion to this because frankly, right now, if if we're being real, Harry. Like, Jets fans are feeling some kind of frail way. Like, let's get this done. I don't want anything to screw it up. It's just like this – just the thought of making things complicated has got to make everybody uncomfortable if you're a Jets fan.
1: Well, yeah, but I I just don't think in the first round that they should draft a quarterback. Now, if you talk about later rounds and you're drafting a guy that can learn and potentially could, you know, fill in. You look at what happened last year with Brock Purdy, right? with the San Francisco 49ers. Now I understand that you're not going to always hit like that on people like Brock Purdy and Tom Brady that you may draft late in the draft. But if you can get a guy that you think that's able to learn, and then at some point you may be able to turn to, I think that's very valuable for your football team. Just drafting it in the first round. The Green Bay Packers just went through that situation. And you've seen how disgruntled Aaron Rodgers was because of that situation. So, Uh, I would say draft a quarterback, but not in the first round. Well,
2: and what's difficult is I'm not even sure how you – part of the reason the Packers had such a problem in this situation is because they didn't have the right conversations with Aaron Rodgers first. Not that I'm saying that would have necessarily smoothed it all over, but it might have helped the Jets because he's not currently on their roster are limited in how much they can even talk to him about right so yeah. it's not like the Jets can sit him down and say hey buddy love you everything's going to be great we're just going to do this so that we have some sort of a safety net over the next couple of years somebody that can learn behind you don't worry about it doesn't mean it they can't even have that conversation so I can't imagine what it would feel like to Greeny's point to be you know you're Aaron Rodgers you're sitting in a dark space you come out of the dark space somebody you pick up your phone and somebody says the Jets just drafted a quarterback at 13 the Jets Drafted a quarterback at twenty-five. It, frankly, if the Jets do anything but get Aaron Rodgers exactly what he wants, I, I, it seems like there's going to be hell to pay. This is the 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 path that they have chosen. Now is not the time to veer it off. Even if it's a smart football move, I think you're too far into this thing to actually be smart.
1: No, also like when you look at a guy like Hinton Hooker, Hinton Hooker is not going to play next year. I don't believe. Right. he's coming right. off an ACL injury right so you want him to be able to learn as much as possible but if you're going to draft someone in let's say rounds 3 through 7 someone who can you know sit back and learn then I think that's a better option than drafting a quarterback in the first round.
2: Yeah, I, I think if you're drafting somebody knowing full well you're probably only getting a backup quarterback and you're drafting them in the third or fourth round, that that makes some sense to me. If you're yeah. getting into the Hendon Hooker sweepstakes, boy, you are just absolutely playing with fire, and I wouldn't touch it. Uh, in the meantime, I just thoughts and prayers to Greeny's heart right there because I think it may have exploded a little bit. A champion has been crowned. We'll tell you what it means for college hoops. We'll do that next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.